Hey, what's going on today, guys? On this week's episode, I'm interviewing Philip Hirsch. I met Phil last year and we were both doing some crowd work for a women's wrestling show. It was pretty hilarious because we both got paid to basically act like lunatics whenever our so-called favorite wrestlers would come out, so it was pretty fun. So as I was sitting there mingling with the crowd, talking around, making friends with people, I immediately hit it off with Phil because there was like this shared aspect of both wanting to put on the best performance that we could. Because the way I saw it, this was kind of like a dream gig. You got paid to basically act like a goofball and watch wrestling for free. I mean, if that doesn't sound like the most perfect gig to you, then there may be something wrong with you. But... I knew from there I wanted to interview Philip because he had told me that he had done a couple voice acting gigs, he had done some acting work, things of that nature, and then I started doing some research on him, and I found out that he's actually had this huge career where he's been working for years, working on cartoons, doing some voiceover work. He's probably maybe done something that you've seen, you know? And so I knew I wanted to get him on the show, especially during what we're going through right now. I think it was important to have somebody that works from home and somebody that is experienced with sending in tapes, self-tapes, and dealing with things that kind of put you through the ringer in terms of being able to go out there and work as a performer. So I feel like Phil really brought to the table his gumption, you know, his ideas that of not sitting on your couch all day, but just going out and doing it, figuring out how to find work within this time period that we're going through. And I hope you guys are all keeping safe out there. I hope you guys are all trying to figure out how to make it through these crazy times and you're all figuring out ways to stay productive, to stay healthy, to try to keep your brain and the cogs working. However way you can, as long as you're trying, to me, that's the most important part. Like, if you can try to find time to do something that maybe you've never had chance and you've never had the time to do it, now do it. Write that script. Write that book. Write a song. If it's working out, hey, do some workouts from home. If you've always wanted more time to work out on yourself, well, start working on your diet at home. Do whatever you can to do some self-improvement right now so that way when we come back from all this, people don't go, damn, like in that quarantine time, you gain like 50 pounds, you know? They can be like shocked, like, wow, look at you. You really made the most out of it. So that's kind of what I'm putting out this week, guys, is to just stay positive, stay productive in however way you can. So try to figure it out because we're all figuring it out as we go. It's It's truly... Bit nerve wracking going forward because after this, I don't think things will ever be truly the same. Everyone's always going to have it in the back of their mind until we finally ultimately find a cure for this thing. So I think we're all going to pull through this. We're all going to get stronger together as a people. We're all going to somehow find a way to reach the new normal. And so I hope you guys enjoy this week's interview. And now on with the show. Hello, my heroes, and welcome to this week's episode of the Indestructible Podcast, the podcast for the people, the podcast that can never die. I am your host, the Indestructible Danny Cano, and today I'm sitting here with a true renaissance man, Mr. Philip Hirsch. How are you doing today, my man? I am doing great, Danny. Thanks so much for having me on the Indestructible Podcast. We will not <laughs> allow COVID-19 to get in the way of this, as they say. It's not going to stop us at all, yeah. <laughs> so as I was saying, Phil is a true renaissance man. He's dabbled in everything from acting to voice acting to hosting so i think the first thing i'd like to get into with you phil is how's it been treating you the whole after effects of the virus how's it been being somebody in the industry dealing with having now to do all your gigs primarily online 
That is uh, probably the $64,000 question, if I can quote the great Alex Trebek, who I hope yes. is doing better, as difficult as, as he's been going through, too. I'm, I've always been a fan of his, so Absolutely. certainly an inspiration. Well, there's an old saying, uh, adapt or die. It's yeah. that simple. And for those that cannot adapt, you are going to be bored very fast, and you better find a good hobby uh, yeah. besides reading. And um, I've always been ready for stuff like this. I know it's going to sound kind of weird. You'll have to excuse all the noise in the background. They've yeah, been no worries. Cutting down uh, some of the palm branches here and doing maintenance here at our development. But um, I'm an avid fan of reading and books. And um, some of the books that I could recommend for my viewing pleasure. <laughs> this one is called Surviving. Walter nice. Philbrick. I had the great pleasure of meeting this gentleman. He's a true patriot wow. and a hero. Teaches you everything you need to know about survival skills, especially on the street. Uh, just teaching basic common sense in terms of what to deal with in terms of adversity. And especially when you're living in a potentially Mad Max uh, world that we're in. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of noise, too, in the background, for sure. Um, another one of my favorite books. And um, I actually took a, a, coast, um, a course, mm. not coast, a course, post 9-11. Mm. And uh, it, it basically, he taught you what to do in a worst case scenario if you're ever on a plane that is hijacked. So mm. that, that's why uh, the book was great, a wonderful read. And uh, he lives right here in beautiful Southern Florida. Uh, this book right here, because we've had a lot of downtime, <laughs> how, to how to Build the Perfect Bug Out Bag by Creek Stewart. And nice. this happens in case you're in an area where, well, let's say you're under martial law and you need to get out of Dodge. Uh, this is one of those books that could really teach you how to survive. A lot of great survival nice. skills in here. Uh, great, um, just invaluable information. Mm. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and another one of my favorite books uh, that I like to read, Remade in the USA by Todd Lipscomb, who I also had the pleasure of meeting uh, on the West Coast when I was there a long time ago. And uh, I've always been a proponent of buying domestically. Uh, everything I'm wearing is U.S. made, from my shorts to my shirt, except for the glasses, unfortunately, and the headset. Nothing I can do about that. <laughs> but uh, those are some important reads. I think it's it's great, especially when you have downtime. Mm. Keep yourself busy. Keep yourself alive, if I can quote Queen. Mm. Mm. Um, I've been lucky where I've transitioned because, number one, I've spoken to – not transition. That sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, but I've uh, spoken to my clients. Anything's possible this day and age. And I, I told them that, number one, we have the ability to do webinars, corporate uh, teleconferencing. Mm -hmm. um, I have had several jobs so far lined up both in March and April when mm -hmm. crap hit the fan, as they yeah. say. So I've been okay on that front. I also have a voiceover studio right here in beautiful mm. Davie, Florida. So I'm able to record remotely. Mm. Um, I can use the Zoom app that I'm using right now when speaking to clients so they can direct me. In some mm. cases, a lot of my clients say, Phil, just have fun with it. We know you'll do a great <laughs> job. I love clients Absolutely. like that. So when that happens, I'm okay. I can pretty much get everything done the same day. Kind mm. of what I did yesterday when we were initially in touch. Uh, mm -hmm. to set up our appointment for today. So I not only had to record the audio, I had to record my other half, uh, Libby. She's fantastic. And we were able to get everything recorded. We did all the mm -hmm. editing done last night. I emailed the clients. He has both versions. So mm -hmm. I had to use a little bit of reverb on one of the clips. It's kind of like mm -hmm. a secret in terms of, but you'll hear about it online. Eventually it's going mm -hmm. to post. And it's my second time working with this client too. So it's pretty exciting. Um, 
you know what I'd recommend for anyone, like I said, mm. keep yourself fresh. The, the mm. good advantage that you have, Danny, is that with your podcast, yeah. you're speaking to people, you're keeping yourself fresh, you're keeping it real. So when you're talking to people anywhere, and in this case, we're in two different time zones across the US, <laughs> you're in California, I'm here in Florida. Absolutely. So um, it definitely helps um, having mm. that ability. Um, as you know, I blog. Mm. So uh, when you blog, uh, I know that I try to get a 60 second version every time or under. <laughs> so there's a lot of information to get out within 60 seconds. Mm. Sometimes you could do it in multiple takes. Other times you have to edit. But mm. it is uh, pretty incredible, you know, being able to do what you love, even mm. under difficult circumstances and making the mm. most of it. And in any, you know, in many cases, just trying to be inspirational, just to get yeah. people off their couches and, and just try to be safe, but just to learn a new hobby, learn how to cook. There's so many things right. you can do right now. Uh, you know, I'm updating my demo reels, you know, nice. when I can too. So there, there are really a lot of things that you have to be able to do. I know that's probably the longest answer you ever had in your life. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I had coffee this morning, so that helps too. So, hey, so you're, uh, all, you're all primed and ready, huh? Absolutely. No question about <laughs> that, for sure. So, so it kind of seems, Phil, that you've always almost prepared for something like this, yep. sort of yep. being kind of in the know with technology and things of that nature. Sure. Would you recommend that for anybody in like the voice acting or just in general acting biz to sort yes. of be in the know about everything, you know? You know what? You need to learn as many skills as possible. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things I love about uh, that book that I showed you by Creek Stewart, How to Build the Perfect Bug Out Bag, is mm -hmm. I have it. And uh, <laughs> there are a lot it. of different bags. And uh, this one I love. It's also US made as well. It's nice. Eclipse. So this bag can charge itself. In other words, I can nice. carry a laptop with me. I can carry a smartphone with me. And because we have a lot of sunshine here in Florida, mm -hmm. Um, I can charge my, my smartphone while I'm walking. And if I had to leave by foot, let mm. me tell you, that is so important. It's such an invaluable skill to have. Mm. Uh, the other thing I'd recommend, and of course, make mm. sure you have yourself a good bushwhacker hat, also yeah. <laughs> US made, made in Tennessee. I'm proud to report about that. So uh, this one is called Turtle Creek Products. Oh, actually not Tennessee, Lebanon, Ohio. Yeah. You guys can see the name or not. It's kind of hard, but um, yeah. Uh, you know, so I do a lot of walking, a lot of hiking. Mm. Uh, we have uh, natural paths here. We have this one place mm. called the Hiatus Greenway, not far from me. It's walking distance. I try to walk there at least several times a week. Mm. And I think the more you walk, you got to keep your ticker in good shape. Very important. Absolutely. You got to keep yourself in good shape, mm. mentally, physically, and emotionally. I know it's very hard. A lot of Absolutely. people are down in the dumps. And yeah. um you know, you got to do what you can, but uh, exercise is certainly great. Certainly, you got to avoid the crowds. You know, if I see people yeah. approaching me, hmm. um, you know, <laughs> if it's two people, sorry, guys, normally I'd say hi. I will yeah. say hi, but from at least six feet away. Mm. So, you know, those are the, that's the new norm. You have to um, be cautious. Exactly. And has it at all affected your, like, you financially in any way? Has it been anything like that? Um, very good question. Um, we've all been affected financially to a degree, no question. Mm, yeah. So you have to make adjustments. Yeah. Thankfully for me, the year started out like gangbusters. I was nice. a booking machine and <laughs> I booked a lot of corporate work and mm. that has really kept me afloat. In fact, mm. my client that booked me, um, 
for last, not last month, sorry, two, almost two months ago, hard to believe. It mm. was actually in late February. So I'd say about six mm. weeks ago. Mm. Um, that job was on the West Coast before I got back here to Florida. Mm. And amazingly, they called me back. They, want to, they are actually booking me for the following week. And mm. it's to be doing an online presentation. Wow. Now, I have a segue for you. <laughs> and we're talking about staying alive. Yes. California passed this ridiculous law mm. called AB5 for your yeah. listeners that don't know about it. Mm. So if you are a full-time resident of California, you may have a problem trying to find independent contractor work yeah. because AB5 basically has made it illegal to be a freelancer, which is absolutely mm. insane and anti-American and anti-capitalist. So if you're trying to claw your way out of this um, mess, the mm. best way to do so is by being an independent contractor. Yeah. You know, you can do deliveries. You can work for your local grocery chain. People are not mm. taking people on for payroll. It's just not wow. happening. And the state of California doesn't seem to answer that. But mm. I'm here in Florida. I'm away from all that hoopla. <laughs> and I can work here as an independent contractor. And mm. I don't have to, thank God, worry about that. Yeah. I do feel sorry in my heart. In fact, goes out to all the Californians out there. And there are about 2 million independent contractors in your state. Yeah, absolutely. Not work right now because mm. of this ridiculous law called AB5. And mm. I feel your governor, Governor Newsom, should sign an executive order and suspend it immediately so people could at least work from home. I'm talking about single moms who set their own hours. Mm. I'm talking about, you know, immigrants who yeah, are translators who mm. could do this from home, senior citizens who can mm. teach people how to play piano or <laughs> um, teachers who can work online. There's so many ways exactly. you can be an independent contractor and claw your way out of this. And um, obviously we got a plane overhead. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> Uh, less than eight miles from Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, well, not Fort. It's the Hollywood or FLL are the uh, code yeah. letters for mm. Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale International Airport, which is one of the best airports in the uh, country. So uh, <laughs> love it there. Um, so yeah, that, that uh, is one of those laws that just mm. really frosts my butt. I don't understand <laughs> it. I could tell you what, I've hired people mm. as independent contractors. If I'm yeah. a gig, I want to get people I know that I've worked with. Hey, we've yeah. worked together for crying out loud. Absolutely. Yeah. Met. And <laughs> yeah. um, in, in the good old days, that was uh, last year, amazingly, yeah, yeah. Uh, when our world was normal somewhat. <laughs> yeah, so, right. uh, but yeah, that, that's, so that's one of those laws. And I just tell people from California, you know, there are ways you get, you're going to have to somehow work around it to survive and scratch your way out of this. Because you know what? I don't wait for checks to arrive from the government. Yeah. I make mm. my own choices. You and make it I, work. And I make it work. I'm a gangbuster. You got to be a go-getter. Yeah. It's a survival instinct, you know? And, Absolutely. Uh, not just reading books, but just mentally <laughs> being with it and being and telling yourself, okay, what can I do? You know, get in touch with as many people as possible. That's what I've mm. done. Reach yeah. out to everybody and tell them you're available. You're, you're open for business. And if you have to work, you know, from the bunker <laughs> of your basement, or in our case, we don't have basements here in Southern yeah. Florida because the water line is six feet. Nice. Um, you know, you just work in your office. You can work outside. Like mm -hmm. I'm doing this interview outside. It's beautiful. It's yeah. Beautiful. It's We're making it work. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So uh, thank you, Zoom, for making this possible. And thank you, uh, <laughs> 21st Century Technology. Absolutely. So it does sound, Phil, like you are truly an indestructible man in this day and age. You are truly making it work. You're putting it out there that we as a people, we have to learn how to survive 
in these crazy circumstances, hopefully everything goes back to semi-normal, whatever that may be. But as we're trying to survive and thrive, we just have to find ways to make it work, you know? We can't dwell on past things. We can't dwell on the negatives, you know? Yep. I completely agree with you. And that, that's what uh, people have to understand. You know, I try to reach out to clients of mine or even um, say engineers, audio engineers that I've worked with. And a, a yeah. lot of them are just like hoping for gigs. It's <laughs> like, listen, you got to make your own gigs. Yeah, put you yourself gotta, out like, there. Advertise, do whatever you have to do. If you have to leave the state mm. to work, do so, make it work, you know, but yeah. uh, don't be in a situation, but at least have a hobby. If you're a musician, best case scenario, stop writing music, <laughs> cut an album, right? yeah. you know, write a book about your experience, you know, uh, or mm -hmm. a blog even, but there, there are a lot of things you can do. If you have to produce a documentary by yourself, mm. documenting your every single day, if you don't want to <laughs> shave from this point onwards or not cut your hair, then do what you got to do, but just um, be as creative as possible, you know, and, mm. um, I'm lucky. I mean, I, I thank God, you know, we got out mm. when we did. And I also wanted to make sure I was 100% kosher that I could work <laughs> in Florida and not have a problem just in case, you know, because Absolutely, I yeah. still have a place in Cali, you know, I, I keep mm. it for the time being, That's but, great, yeah. you know, um, but you have to make sure that you are available. And I've, I've reached out to a bunch of my clients. So if something does come in, I do podcasting as well. I do different yeah. character voices. You know, it's, um, you know, you just got to be as uh, flexible and versatile mm. as you mm. can, especially now, more than ever. Absolutely. Well, I love your words of encouragement, Phil. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing them. Um, but on lighter terms, let's actually yeah. move into how you got started into this whole thing. What got you started into voice acting? How did you know it's something that you wanted to pursue? Well, you know, that's, that's such a great question, Danny. Um, <laughs> when, when I was younger, I had a knack for doing sound effects. Nice. And one of my earliest sound effects that I can recall, and I do remember this is going way back before you were born in the 1970s. <laughs> and I was able to vocalize and reproduce the sound of a siren. Mm. And okay. so my bus driver at the time, because, you know, we we're all being bused to school, pulled over, thought he was speeding or something. <laughs> Naturally, I got in big trouble for that. Yeah, and, uh, I can imagine. I was sent to the principal's office and my, my parents were besides themselves. They couldn't believe <laughs> that I would do that. But my principal actually saw potential in me. Yeah. And said, you shouldn't do that sound effect too much, but I got to say, you do it quite well. And um, <laughs> you might want to consider a career in the arts because I think you wow. have a future in it. So I, I took those words to heart even at a very young age. Mm. And I just had a mimic. I just had the knack and the ability to um, do all kinds of sound effects. That really is a truck. That is not me doing a sound effect. So I just oh, thought I thought I, that was one of your tricks. See? I know, I know. <laughs> I, I just want to let your audience know that for the record. Um, so I, I do, uh, you know, I started doing voices and I started to uh, reproduce just different celebrities and just doing impressions of nice different people. So it really, um, I think it's paid off in many ways. It's led to <laughs> so many opportunities, whether it's uh, doing dubbing, English dubbing for different novellas or mm -hmm. foreign films being dubbed or foreign <laughs> projects being dubbed into English, uh, animation, uh, commercials, mm. industrials, um, mm. podcasting, you know, you name it, yeah. I've done it. It's it, uh, even sound alike work for, for movies where you have to dub someone else's mm. voice or do Walla, you know, so yeah. there's... Um, 
uh, uh, just so many opportunities. It's, it's really endless. Mm. Would it be possible for us to maybe hear that siren that sound right now? Sure. <laughs> hey, Danny, pull over. <laughs> so, you know, just like that. And again, I'm not using nice. advice. I'm just using my hands and I'm doing it's just crazy hands. just that little like that little like sound you do of like the little radio starting up that's yeah. insane right there <laughs> and I'll tell you what's kind of cool I actually did that as a sound effect nice. uh, for an animation piece one time a oh. long time ago they were going to reach into their um, library of sound effects and said why don't I just do the sound awesome and you guys can use it and they said wow. yeah right and when I did it <laughs> They couldn't believe it. They said, okay, what kind of sound or what kind of device do you have in your pocket? I said, no, I don't have one. <laughs> that really is me doing that. So Whoa. <laughs> it's pretty neat. I've used it in novellas as well mm. uh, for just so they can have it as a back, you know, as a back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they were like, whoa, that is kind of <laughs> freaky, Phil. How do you know <laughs> that? So a lot of it is practice. You know, it's something mm. I've been doing mm. for a very long mm. time. And I used to watch cop shows as a kid. <laughs> you know, or like my favorite TV show was Emergency. Now it's been okay. on for, You can watch it on Cozy. I think you guys have it on the West yeah. Coast. Mm -hmm. We also have it here on the East Coast. So, mm. um, you know, I like to watch old cop shows, Barnaby nice. Jones, um, Starsky and Hutch, Starsky and Hutch, <laughs> Emergency, Hill Street Blues, you know, nice. Kojak. So it's uh, <laughs> Canon, you know, a lot of shows that I remember growing up. Nice. So, um, yeah, it, it is kind of neat. So I got to thank my principal from way back when in the day for yeah. uh, encouraging me to go forward with this. I, I was going to say, Phil, is that usually the case with so sounding like in voiceover work, like for you to actually do like the sound effects as well as not just the, only the voices? Sometimes it is the sound effect where mm -hmm. I will get hired based on that. And wow. uh, like, uh, for example, you know, sometimes you go to say an auto repair shop. And so I, I would be able to do the sound effect of tires being changed, you nice. know, when they fill up the air. So it's kind of like this. You know, so sounds <laughs> like that. And so I'll do that for my mechanic and I'll say, now that I entertained you, do you think you can catch me a little bit of a break here? Oh yeah. That's where it comes uh, on, in handy. <laughs> on the tire rotation. So, uh, you know, I, I've done stuff like that and it, it is kind of neat. And so certain sounds I can just pick up naturally, wow. um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, certain animal sound effects or, or whatever it is, but sometimes I need to sound like somebody mm. you know, like being a sound alike. Absolutely. Um, so that also helps. And, you know, every so often I get these weird requests. Hey, can you do an impression of, you know, Bernie Sanders <laughs> or Bill Clinton or yeah. Donald Trump? You know, so I have to learn a lot of new voices, you know, especially mm. for podcasting when you're being mm. a guest. Yeah. And uh, especially for comedy. And, and right now we need a lot of laughter. Yeah. Than anything. So it is kind of cool, you know, just being able to do that and utilizing that skill for sure. Now, of all the voice actor and all the characters that you've played over the years, is there any ones that stick out as some of your favorites that you've done? Wow, God, there have been so <laughs> many. Um, no, it's I've, hard. I've, uh, it is, but uh, I've had several that actually do stick out. Uh, one mm. of my favorites. Nice. My, one of my favorites is when you book a job that you were not the original choice for. Yeah. And it comes back to you. <laughs> I've had that happen a few times. And let me tell you, never take any job for granted. That is mm. a fact. So I'll give you the name of this one. It was called I Survived. 
Wow. And it was, uh, it actually won an award. It won a monitor award for children's programming nice. uh, for Discover Channel. And uh, th this was a long time ago. And so they had a host and they were interviewing all these people that survived, uh, I guess you could say, natural disasters, whether it be mm -hmm. earthquakes, mudslides, hurricanes, volcanoes, whatever. Absolutely. And I was the voice of the animated tornado okay. uh, in this project. And I, I was not the original voice. Mm -hmm. But what happened was the original voice actor, I think, had a conflict mm -hmm. and couldn't continue. And my agent in Florida, God bless them, they got in touch with me and they said, Phil, guess what? You are booked and I survived as the voice of Tornado. <laughs> so it, that was really a lot of fun. And um, I think the voice, if I can give a little sample. It's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, kids, here's a wet riddle for you. I run, but I never walk. You know, so something like that. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of I Survived. You know, so that, that was... Uh, <laughs> Kind of the voice that I did for it. And I think that was just part of the dialogue I can remember. It was from so many years ago. And another favorite. Now, I was not a voice in it. Mm. But I was a voice behind the scenes. So it's kind mm. of complicated. But it okay. was a, a series called Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3. Yeah, yeah. I've no, I know the series, yeah. And so I had to audition to be their dialogue reader. So mm. anytime the dogs were on set, I was working, which was just about every day. Yeah. <laughs> so I worked 27 days on this film. Uh, I, mm. could, I could say 28 if you include mm. the double time. Yeah. That one day where we went into double overtime, which was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> So I was not a voice in the actual film, sadly. I was really hoping ah. that they would have utilized my voices in it. But as you know, I'm not a celebrity. And <laughs> when they're hiring celebrities to do their voices, whether it's George mm. Lopez or others, you know, there's nothing I could do about it. Uh, they mm. have a leg up on the competition. Right, yeah. So, uh, but I was the dialogue reader. So because I could do so many different voices, hmm. I was able to, you know, they had me come to studio a couple of times and just do all these impressions. And so it was a lot of fun, you know, being nice. able to do that. And so I, I was just so grateful, you know, just to have been a part of that experience, meet so many amazing dogs <laughs> and at the same time work 27 days on that film. Absolutely. And Phil, is that usually the case for mo most voice actors where a celebrity will sort of get the job over an actual working voice actor? Is that usually it, the case? It happens more often than not, wow. sadly. Wow. Uh, and it's because A, they have a budget. They want a celebrity because celebrities have a following. And not to say I don't have a following. Everyone yeah, does yeah, to a course. degree, but celebrities have clout. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but I've been lucky enough where I've worked on enough independent mm. projects you know mm. especially for animation where absolutely i'm able to you know utilize my skills and my talents mm. um and also be versatile you know because sometimes yeah. my clients will say hey we need someone who could you know speak or curse in arabic or do whatever <laughs> and so sometimes um you know i will get that uh i'll get that call yeah you know, because they have no one else in their roster who can do that. Mm. And so I feel like the specialist in a way, if I can quote Sylvester Stallone, yeah. who started in that movie. And I love that yeah. film. So um, it is kind of neat when they reach out to you. Oh, Phil, any chance you can do this voice? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, you know, you have to be ready for anything. And, yeah, uh, yeah, so It's kind of neat when you're able to grow as a voice talent and an actor mm. um, to be able to um, be given that opportunity and really capitalize on it, make the most of it. Absolutely. And would you have any advice for anybody that wants to get into the field? How, how did you actually get involved in the actual 
industry, you know? Well, you know, it's interesting because I started way back in the 90s. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I started doing voices for a long time, but yeah, absolutely. the 90s is when it, things started taking off for me. Mm. Uh, number one, because I was such a mimic, I was able to impersonate a lot of people. And Bill Clinton was my <laughs> voice du jour, nice. if you will. You know? <laughs> so it was real easy for me to, uh, you know, break into Bill Clinton. You know, nice. I kind of make my face look like him. I bite my lip. Yeah, there you go. My thumb. So <laughs> it, it was kind of neat doing that. And obviously, you know, he was the president from, you know, 92 mm. to 2000. Or well, if you want to be specific, January 20th of 93 to January 20th of 01. Um, mm. So uh, there was a lot of calls and a lot of work to mm. impersonate Bill Clinton or yeah. even Ross Perot, which mm. I, I also booked jobs as. <laughs> so it, it was pretty neat doing that. And once you get enough tape, once you have enough copies of your work, and because today it's so easy, see back then everything yeah. was done on either mini disc wow. or audio cassette or mm. DAT tapes, which mm. you know they don't make anymore. So yeah. you had to get everything and then you had to transfer it into one area and you had to hire someone and pay them a lot of money mm. to create a demo reel for you. But now I, I create my own demo reels, nice. my own editing, it saves time, it saves money. And uh, in this case here, you know, it, it makes a big difference, you know, having that ability and that mm. special skill set and versatility to edit your own work. So mm. uh, the other thing I was going to say, you know, back in the day before all these conglomerates and mergers, I could go to a small mom and pop radio station and I mm. could barter with them mm. because radio stations had deals like, okay, here's a hundred dollar travel certificate or here's a $50 <laughs> restaurant gift card. What do nice. you need from me? Oh, mm. can you record a 60 second spot for us and mm. we'll give you a gift card? I'm like, okay, sounds good. Wow. So <laughs> if they didn't have money to pay you, but mm. they, you could barter with them, mm. you auto, not only did you get a gift card, mm. but now all of a sudden I have tape mm. and I can add it onto my demo reel. And mm. I have a commercial reel. I have a um, celebrity reel. I have a, <laughs> you know, uh, political reel, you know, political yeah. ads mm. or even mm. doing training videos, whatever the case may be, narration, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So it was so much easier back then to be able to book work directly. Nowadays, mm. it's a little bit more difficult. You mm. could try different websites, you know, and, but you got to really get in with an agency mm. to do that kind of work. So uh, it's not easy, but if you have yeah. a kind of tape or if you want to just practice rehearsing and just creating your own copy and mm. once you're able to do that make sure you just have your own little home studio yeah you're gonna be fine you'll be able to find work it's hopefully you know with your own experience and for those that don't even really understand the whole idea of getting an agent how exactly would somebody go about getting in contact with somebody who is a voice acting agent you, um, very good question. Sometimes uh, you can look up uh, SAG-AFTRA. You can go to mm. their website. They have a list of uh, reputable uh, agencies. Mm. Sometimes there are acting websites that you can also use and mm. you will have agents that will advertise saying mm. seeking voice talents or seeking people who lack commercial or theatrical representation. And if you have mm. enough experience under your belt, that's when you can get in touch with them. So yes, it is absolutely possible for sure. Absolutely. Now, I know you yourself, Phil, has, have also helped with a lot of children's foundations and have done work with the Prudential Healthcare Foundation. Yeah. If you could speak a little bit on that. 
Absolutely. Now, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I worked for Prudential Healthcare mm. uh, for three years, way back in the 90s. Nice. It was a lot of volunteer work. Uh, we ra- uh, raised money for the uh, Don Shula Foundation, I believe, um, for breast cancer awareness. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it was many years ago. Uh, his wife, Dorothy, succumbed to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So um, I was able to work uh, different events. Okay. Uh, there was this one trade show, one of my most memorable trade shows called Step for a Cure. And that was to raise money um, for the Don Shula Foundation. And mm. so we did a, a lot of good work. And the character was called Prue Bear. Okay. And so I had to audition for it, like everything in life. Yeah. And once I booked it, everything was set. I mean, I was doing health fairs throughout the Southeast, in uh, Southern Florida, in Northern Florida. I'd go to Jacksonville. I'd sometimes go to Atlanta <laughs> as well. Uh, the Gwinnett County Health Fair. I remember that one in Georgia. It was a lot of fun. Nice. So um, it was a very rewarding mm-hmm. job. I mean, obviously I was in a big giant furry bear costume. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, was it one of those? <laughs> uh, yes, it was. And um, I had a microphone built in, so I had to create a voice for Prue Bear. And I would speak to people. Um, I speak to children notably about being healthy. I'd be making appearances uh, at different health fairs as well uh, throughout. So I did that for several years. And so we, we benefited a lot of, uh, a lot of people. Uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation was another recipient wow. uh, as well. So nothing but fond memories. It was really uh, incredible. And it just led to That's beautiful, yeah. a lot of personal uh, awards and individual achievements. Uh, running with the Olympic torch was one of them. Whoa. So yeah. <laughs> that was pretty, that was a, a pretty. How was that? Yeah. Well, I received a, a, a letter uh, from the Coca-Cola foundation and um, they congratulated me on you know, being named an Olympic torchbearer recipient. Wow. And I, I was like, I was in awe. I really, really was. So, wow. I still have the torch. And, um, do you still have the bear costume? The bear costume I no longer have. Oh. I wish I did. But, you know, I think Prudential at one point merged with yeah. another company. So, uh, that, but that was many years ago. Um, but it, it was really rewarding. And it's like time stood still when I was running with the torch. It was something wow. I'll never forget. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful oh, thank story. You. Yeah. Would you recommend that for people to sort of take gigs? Maybe that they're not exactly going to make them quote unquote famous, but maybe they help out the greater public at large, like helping out kids or helping out with like a elderly, like nursing home, maybe something like that. I think it's a wonderful thing to do. And you are keeping yourself gainfully employed. You are still yeah. acting. You're, you're still entertaining. Exactly. It's just a different facet of the entertainment industry. You're working um, on your craft. Yeah. Exactly. Like one of my favorites was being Clifford the Big Red Dog on a national tour. <laughs> nice. And that one was amazing because we wow. were promoting uh, the Reading is Fundamental organization. Mm-hmm. So we... Um, helped visa which sponsored it they were a part of it there were so many sponsors on that nfl was one um there, there was a restaurant that unfortunately i can't remember the i think macaroni uh barn grill uh they okay. were one as well there were so many um so you know everything was about reading we would visit children's hospitals we would promote literacy and wow. so i did that for a long time. It was about a month and a half on the road. I got to see the entire country. I got paid for it. And, um, you know, I also got tape out of it. You know, I, yeah, there you go. Leads me to another segue. And that's being a costumed animator, you know, mm. being in costume, doing that type mm. of work. Mm. So, 
there are a lot of acting gigs as mascots. People don't realize <laughs> it. Mascots work in commercials, which I've done. They've worked mm. in movies, which I've done. One of my uh, favorite movies was um, Any Given Sunday, um, mm. directed by Oliver Stone, yeah, uh, starring Al Pacino, um, the great Lawrence Taylor, the, yeah. the player, uh, LL Cool J, of course, <laughs> um, you know Jamie Foxx, among many others. So um, it's that was pretty fun too. You know, I worked uh, almost two weeks on that film. Uh, we shot it in Miami at the Orange Bowl, the old mm-hmm. Orange Bowl. So I was mm-hmm. uh, Sharky the mascot, who are real professional mascots who have this kind of work. Mm-hmm. So I immediately got called and uh, had to replace somebody who was working. Wow. So. And for those that don't understand, it's probably incredibly physical work to put on something as heavy as like a giant shark head and dance around and be fun. Cause what yep. most people may not understand is that it's, it's, it's a job, you know, it's work. It's tough to be in character the whole time too. Right. It is. And what, what people don't seem to get is that not everybody can do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. there, there are people and, and I've met people like this, like uh, is this British guy. No, I can't say his name, but he goes, Anyone can do that. I can get inside a costume and bloody <laughs> dance around and get paid. It's like, no, you can. You're probably going to pass out, you know? And, yeah. and, and people don't seem to get that. So it, it requires a lot of training, you know, mm-hmm. to, to really uh, be in that costume. And in some cases, it's self-training. Yeah. But you have to really build the stamina yeah, uh, yeah. to be able to do that. Also, you got to have eyes in the back of your head. You got to make sure you're not stepping on anybody, especially a small child. Right. Um, yeah. You know, because that would not look good on the resume. So, <laughs> you know, you have to um, be cognizant of your crowds and you also have to make sure, hey, I've been out for 40 minutes. But, you, you know, generally you've got to have a good mm-hmm. handler that knows, mm-hmm. okay, time to go inside, Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's one of those things. But um, it's it, that also is super rewarding. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know there was one question. We were talking about voiceover work. If, if yes. I can go back to it for just absolutely, a moment. Absolutely, absolutely. And I will let you ask the question, and it has to do with how do you prep yourself. So yeah. without further ado, ask me that question because I absolutely. have the right answer. Absolutely, yeah. So is there any vocal exercises that you do to sort of get in character, get yourself prepped and ready? Yes, and it's a great question. In fact, uh, I might have to use this book again, Remade nice. in the USA, because one of the items I do have, mm. and it's on their website, by the way, madeinusaforever.com. Uh, Todd okay. Lipscomb, he's, he's really a patriot. He loves his country. And not only that, he helps out so many small businesses that are wow. unfortunately suffering right now because of this shutdown. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. So I, I try to buy American as often as possible. And again, you could find his website just about anything. So one item on his website that I that I bought not long ago, it is a cork, mm. a wine cork. Okay. And uh, it's called My Country Tis of Thee. That's what it actually says <laughs> on it. It's got the American flag. It's U.S. made. What I like about it, number one, if you take a regular wine cork, which also could work, but the problem mm. with a regular wine cork, at a certain point, it's going to come apart. Yeah. Because it's in your mouth. You have to bite on it. Mm. And you have to elongate those vowels. So, yeah. for example, I take the wine cork, the My Country Tis of the One. Mm-hmm. I put it in my mouth between my teeth. And I <laughs> recite my entire script talking wow. like that. So whether it's doing a voiceover or mm-hmm. whether it's doing a presentation, whether I'm in Las Vegas or Orlando, Chicago, Dallas, San Francisco, any city I've ever worked in as a, mm. you know, as a presenter, even internationally. 
Mm. It makes such a world of difference. People look at you funny because they're like, why is he yeah. talking like that? And I say, there's a reason for my madness here. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a method to my madness. So it not only elongates your vowels, but it helps you enunciate. Mm. When you're doing voiceover work or even presentations, you want to be able to enunciate properly and yeah. not swallow your words and sound like Joe Biden on a bad day. So <laughs> it's really important. And uh, you know, people say, can you do an impression of Joe Biden? Well, do you want me to understand him or not? You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and again, not to knock Joe Biden here, um, but when he speaks, you mm. really need a translator because he slurs his speech a lot. He does not speak clearly. Mm. And it's not just anyone who's running for the presidency or any politician for that matter, but you really need to do that. And, I, and I'd recommend yeah. that for any speaker. And I'm sure a lot of speakers do vocal trainings. You yeah, know. yeah. You want to be able to speak, you know, choose orange shoes. I remember all these different exercises. Yep. New York, New York, you know, so there are all kinds of, uh, you have to say certain tongue twisters. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle pecker. You don't want to sound, <laughs> I mean, I kind of screwed it up a little bit there but yeah, yeah. you got to do it kind of slowly and uh but eventually you just you know want to try a few tongue twisters you know as an exercise mm. or even put two fingers in your mouth if you don't have a cork just make sure you wash your hands mm. folks seriously 20 seconds yeah, yeah exactly um so it's really exactly. important so even when i use the cork i make sure to clean it properly and everything mm. but the cork is such a great exercise and Absolutely. i remember I, I even called todd i said todd the cork really works. I used it in Las Vegas a few months ago when I was working CES, um, and he was happy to hear that. So I like to share nice. stories like that. Absolutely. And would that be something that in an audition room would really make the difference between somebody that comes in with a nice, clear voice as opposed to somebody that's slurring, tripping on their vocals? Yeah, it does. Because sometimes you get nervous and we yeah. all get nervous. It's normal. Yeah. It's 100% human. <laughs> and so before you get to the audition, Mm. practice in the car yeah. you pulled over you got there early you got your parking spot that's half the battle yeah. <laughs> now make sure you got to study make sure you're off book as much as possible yeah. but also that's where you really get to practice in the car don't mm. take your cork in with you to the audition <laughs> I was gonna think yeah. insane. <laughs> so keep the cork in the car dry it off because there's going to be a lot of drool on it <laughs> uh but it's certainly going to help you Mm, absolutely. And I know, Phil, you have a crazy story about how you landed the role of Ari Joseph, if you could talk about that. Oh, do I ever. <laughs> this one is one for the record books. I, I kid nice. you not. Um, there are a lot of stories, but this is one of my favorites. All right. So uh, a little backstory here. Ari Joseph was a character. He was an Israeli commando mm. and or ex-Israeli commando. And he's trying to he ends up going into action because his children's school, well, his child's school uh, is taken <laughs> over by, you know, neo-Nazis, a really dark story. Hmm. And they were looking for, and I quote, a genuine Israeli uh, hmm. to play the role. <laughs> I lived in Israel for two years, so I have a lot of experiences wow. with that, and I speak Hebrew too, hence the reason I can also wow. speak Arabic, which, by the way, I've booked roles uh, speaking Hebrew and speaking Arabic, wow. um, which we'll get to That's in just amazing. a moment. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. So, um, and this is my girlfriend. I, <clears throat> I got to give her credit. Yeah. She gave me the advice. She said, okay, this is what you're going to do. When you speak to the director, you are going to speak to him in an Israeli accent. Mm -hmm. And because if you don't, you're probably not going to book the job. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but come on. I could just tell him. No, no, no. Trust me on this one. Instincts. She was like, <laughs> 
So uh, thank you, Libby Bryan. Um, <laughs> and so long story short, I go to the audition. Hey, Shalom, Alex. Nice to meet you. Hey, my name is Phil Hirsch, and uh, I'm going to be reading for the role of, um, uh, you know, Ari Joseph. And uh, wow. it's good. So we started to talk a little bit about my life experiences, what it's like to be in the army and all this stuff. So um, I started talking to him. I spent, uh, let's just say, two hours with this guy at this audition. <laughs> That's crazy. Story short, Bekitsur, Zemashikara. I speak a little bit in Hebrew for you right now. In short, this is what happened. Wow. He goes back to his voice. He goes, well, Phil, I just want to say congratulations uh, for booking the role. I'm so glad to have a genuine Israeli on board. Uh, oh, man. And my eyes like literally were like as if I saw a deer. And then he said, <laughs> oh, uh, there's something I need to tell you. Well, look, you know, before you tell me anything, yeah, what is it that you wanted to say? Yeah. Not <laughs> uh, shooting. So true story. Because I was going to say, well, I'm not really Israeli. I just play one on TV. Yeah. So I, I had to change my answering machine. Mm. That's the first thing. I had to answer all my phones in case I got a call from production and I didn't recognize the phone number Whoa. in the accent. And to make matters even worse, the actor who played my son, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time with him and I was in the accent. So for six months, I was in that accent. Whoa. And I couldn't turn it off. And oh, why, why six months? Well, you know how it works with independent productions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lose locations. You lose an actor. This actor has a conflict. They're not available. Yeah. Uh, we lost our funding. We eventually finished it. It yeah. took six months. And so I remember we would go out to dinner. We'd go out to an Israeli restaurant, whatever the case is. So I'd be speaking in Hebrew and I'm looking at that and I'm like, oh my God, I hope my Hebrew is up to par. Yeah. So, you know, that, that kind of worried me that we were speaking in different accents and languages or you'd meet people. And to make matters worse, we had two Israelis who were genuine on set. Wow. So now my accent is not exactly in Israeli. It's more of a Middle Eastern accent because yeah. I, I spent time in Israel, but I was learning Hebrew mm. from Middle Eastern teachers. Mm. Not teachers necessarily who were born in Israel, uh, you know, Jews from Iraq, from Iran, yeah. Egypt, mm -hmm. Syria, Lebanon, uh, Morocco, Algeria, <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. So my accent has more of a Middle Eastern sound. Yeah. So it's kind of weird when they were talking to me and I said, oh my God, if, if they like out me as a <laughs> oh, man. rude, I don't want to get, you know, replaced. Yeah, and yeah. Plenty of Israeli actors, you know, out in, on the West Coast. Yeah. So it was challenging to hold that, you know, for Whoa. a very long period of time and to maintain that character. But late, late in the game, like about six months after we were wrapped, I got to meet mm -hmm. the director and I, and I mm. said, listen, I, I got a break character here. This is ridiculous. Yeah, said, yeah. Hey, Alex, there's something I need to tell you. <laughs> I'm actually born in Canada. How's it going there, eh? <laughs> so it, he was like kind of taken aback. Couldn't believe it. And um, he told me, can you do me a favor? Can you like keep the character just until we're mm. at the uh, premiere? And wow. I did. So um, at the mm. very end, I did the same thing. Hey, by the way, it's been an honor uh, working with all of you. And um, there's something I need to tell all of you, by the way. And I know it's going to be a bit of a shock, but um, 
I'm actually not Israeli. I'm born in Canada. And uh, they couldn't believe the actor who played my son freaked out. He said, no, that's got to be a fake Canadian accent. Actually, it's not. I really do talk this way. Hey, how's it going there, guys? Yeah, they probably thought your your real voice was your accent. That's what they did. They couldn't (laughs) believe it. They were shocked. And then the longer I spoke in this, my regular voice, Mm. they, at that point, that's when it really kicked in. And they were just like, oh, my God, how did you do that? That's insane. So, uh but, they're, even, but I, they're even honking for the accent. Look at that. It's there you go. You got your fans out there, Phil. You never miss an opportunity when all of a sudden you have to improvise. Guys, oh keep it clean. Don't curse. All right. Oh Nothing my. I could do about that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little noisy in the neighborhood. Um, all, I, all I could say, Phil, is where is your Oscar for that one? I, you know, I'll tell you. I've, I've been robbed. I've been robbed. What can I tell you? Six months of method, man. I am telling you, that was uh, certainly wow. uh, an experience. But, you know, a lot of actors put themselves through that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes you end up being in that situation unbeknownst to you. You just got to make the most of it. You say, hey, this is one of those experiences I'll never forget. Just like yeah. COVID. This is an yeah, experience absolutely. we're all never going to forget, you know? <laughs> exactly. So. I was going to say, was your, like, experiences being something like Clifford or Prubear sort of like what you used in being in character for six months because being in character in a, such a heavy costume for hours on end sort of kind of i'd imagine helped something like this it, right you know it's that is a very interesting um outlook <laughs> and, and question i'll tell you man they should have you doing presidential debates do you really ask good <laughs> questions um <clears throat> you know that it's a very funny thing because when i am in costume I do apply that same method because mm. as far as I'm concerned, when I'm Clifford or <laughs> Scooby-Doo or, yeah. or Astro or whomever I, I might be playing, Bugs Bunny, you know, the, or even Sammy the Rabbit, you know, I disappear into that role. Mm. And that to me is important. I don't want them to know if I'm a male rabbit or a female rabbit. I'm <laughs> a rabbit. I'm a dog. Yeah. I'm whomever. I'm a bear. So it, it really helps. And that is a great way to express yourself because first of all, you're not talking. Mm. The only exception was Prue Bear where I actually did talk because I had a built-in yeah. microphone. <laughs> but if I was doing an appearance where there was no uh, vocal uh, mm. vocalization, mm. I would just simply speak with my hands, speak with my body. My body language would talk by itself. Mm. And so it is an entirely different language when you're doing costume animation. Yeah. And, you know, I've, thank God, booked a lot of costume animation work. I mean, I can give you guys a website also. I'll give you several, but one is called themascotzone.com. Uh, themascotzone.com and you'll see my demo reel you'll see Libby's demo reel she's my other half she also does costume animation absolutely and we have um, demo reels for both on camera work uh, like actual acting jobs where Mm. you're in costume Mm-hmm. And we also have one for trade shows, for corporate events, you know, that sort of thing, because there is a difference. You know, mm-hmm. I want people to know that when you're doing the live events, you're kind of creating some of that footage because you'll let your client know, oh, by the way, would you be able to shoot uh, video footage of me? Because number one, it makes a great alibi. It proves I really was here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, in case I got framed for a crime I didn't commit, but uh, more importantly, <laughs> it shows that you've worked with this client. Mm. So when you do the on-camera work, whether it's TV, film, a lot of it is going to be posted online and you are able to utilize that for, you know, your Mm. reel as well. And that's how you book the work because of the footage. 
Absolutely. You know, people say, hey, we need someone who's experienced who could be in a commercial for 12 hours. Mm. I will send them the on-camera reel. If it's a trade mm. show, I'll send them the trade show reel or the live mm. event reel. And I'll say, hey, if you need any on-camera yeah. work, I can mm. do that for you too. Absolutely. So, uh, I got lost with my trade of thought there a little bit, but yeah. No, so but it's great. Yeah. It's a great training. Um, you yeah. know, great way to, to utilize that skill uh, as an actor. So again, so many different types of work in the entertainment industry. You don't have yeah. to be a waiter per se, unless you like being a waiter. It's okay. <laughs> right. Uh, if yeah. you're going to be a waiter, here's my suggestion. Be a waiter for a dinner theater show mm. where you have dialogue, where you're actually serving food, but you actually have dialogue and you're part of a show. That's nice. different because you can actually list that. Or if you really are a waiter in life, you can be a waiter in a commercial because yeah. you're likely going to get booked as a waiter mm. or as a concierge, whatever the case might be, mm -hmm. you know, as a mm. sommelier, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so many chances and, you know, so many um, opportunities, you know, just uh, think outside the box. That's what I would tell people. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I know Phil, you've used your experience with character work in your Instagram at Meet the McMurrays. Yes, and I'm a big fan myself. If you could Thank talk you. about the story behind that, very interesting. You mentioned that. Um, <laughs> I actually have uh, two IG channels. I've got one, uh, just my regular acting one, which is mostly about Florida life and different things. Nice. But I also started blogging because I've noticed a lot of bloggers. Get these jobs. They're different mm. jobs. You might have sponsorship, mm. but a lot of acting jobs, even on mm. you know casting networks or Actors mm. Access or mm. or Frontier Casting. Yeah, some of them are going to have um, postings where must be a real blogger. Mm. Well, guess what? I am a real blogger, yeah, and I'm is. not promoting <laughs> acting work. I am actually blogging work. It's <laughs> what I do. I travel a lot mm. between the coasts. So, I came up with the name "Meet mm. the McMurrays." Uh, I'm Canadian, as you know, and uh, a few years ago, I think it was in mm. 2017, mm. Uh, they had these terrible fires, terrible forest mm. fires in Fort McMurray, Alberta. Mm. And it, it was just heartbreaking. I mean, Canada, like the United States, beautiful landscape, gorgeous yeah. country, so many places, so many Absolutely. people to meet and places to visit. And because this area was so greatly affected, I said to myself, I got to do something, or at least I want to come up with a, some kind of a name. Yeah. And one day I said, oh my God, meet the McMurrays. So... <laughs> Originally, I wanted it to be more of a sketch-driven series where everybody mm. was going to be named McMurray yeah. on the show. Like, I would refer to you as Danny McMurray. McMurray, yeah. Danny so, or Philip McMurray, or in this case, Mike yeah. McMurray. You know, I just mm -hmm. came up with the name. Hey, guys, welcome back to another exciting edition of Meet the McMurrays. So it's kind of like um, a Canadian blogger, a Canadian mm. character, if you will. Mm. Yeah. I actually did get an audition because of the Meet the McMurray's channel. Nice. I yeah. had to send in a bunch of photos. So I always make sure to take pictures. That's crucial. Mm. Mm. I mostly post videos. But mm. because we're under quarantine, I'm not doing that much video shooting right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Every so often, if there's an interesting place nearby here in Davie, I'll shoot video. Like we have the uh, hiatus green trail. We shot that mm. last month. Mm. And, um, and, and, you know, your, your home and everything, you're like – what do I do besides posting memes? Yeah, yeah, said, yeah. You know what? I, I do the green walk, uh, the hiatus greenway trail. I, I, mm. I walk it regularly when I'm here. And I thought, 
I'm going to shoot video. There's nobody out. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect day. My hair, of course, was a lot grayer. I was sweating because it was humid. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like now it's kind of breezy. It's, it's beautiful. I love this yeah. weather. Um, and I just said, I'm going to walk from Sunrise Boulevard down to State Road 84. It's several miles. Nice. And, you know, it's maybe about five, five and a half miles round trip, give or take mm -hmm. a, a few feet or, or a kilometer or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I was walking and nobody was bothering me. It was a little overcast. So the weather mm -hmm. was perfect. You know, sometimes like now it's kind of sunshiny and we get some clouds in the sky. But every so often when the cloud covers that sun, mm -hmm. oh my God, I got perfect lighting and I can use yeah. it. Yeah. The magic and, hour. Yeah, exactly. I, I shot several <laughs> takes and there was this one that worked out perfectly. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to post it right now. Let's do this. Uh, last day <laughs> of March, let's do this. And because, you know, it, it was a while since my last mm -hmm. video, last video I posted was in, um, I, you know, I get confused between Good Springs and Chino Nevada. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, because I, I was supposed to work a trade show there also in Las Vegas, but everything started closing and my mm. client canceled. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm here in Nevada. Let's, let me shoot some video. And I mm. always wanted to go to the Good Springs Gene area. They're pretty much mm. in the same vicinity. Yeah. Seven Magic Mountains. Mm. I love artwork yeah. and I'm a big fan. I like to support artists. So like in Florida, we have this place called Wynwood Heights, Mm. And uh, or not Wynwood Heights, Wynwood Walls. Sorry, Wynwood okay. Heights is an area of North mm -hmm. Miami Beach, but Wynwood Walls has these outdoor artists. They have they paint these beautiful murals, mm. and then there's artwork on the inside too, in case it's really hot and humid in the summertime. Okay, fall. So I actually promoted that a long time ago. I think it was so, at some point, maybe a year mm. ago or so, maybe a year nice. and a half ago. And so I always wanted to do that. And, you know, I go to Vegas a lot for work. I've been there over 30 times, you know, doing trade mm -hmm. shows and corporate events and auditions too. Nice. So sometimes I'll fly in, sometimes I'll drive in, depending on where I'm <laughs> located. And um, it's a lot easier to fly in from Fort Lauderdale than, than to drive, let's face it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I wanted to go to Seven Magic Mountains. It's so beautiful. It's right off of I-15. When if you're driving from mm. the border, the California-Nevada border, or mm -hmm. anywhere from California or, or wherever you are in Nevada, yeah. you take the 15. You can't miss it. You mm. These seven pillars of rocks. They're beautiful. <laughs> And uh, I make sure to promote the artists and everything like that. So it, I was really grateful to get that. I just knew, okay, everything's yeah. going to change within a week. We're going to see what happens. And, and everyone knew <laughs> it was going to happen. I said, I got to get this. This will be my last video yeah. pre-COVID. So now I got one video so, so far that's current COVID, yeah. post-COVID, if you will. I wouldn't even say post-COVID. We're not there right. Yet but that were during the COVID uh, crisis or the epidemic. So mm -hmm. I, I made sure to get that video of, um, of walking and it's healthy <laughs> to walk. I want to encourage people to walk. Why not? You're sequestered. <laughs> you're, you might as well walk at a little exercise in case you have cabin fever. Absolutely. So, now just a couple quick more questions Phil, yeah, before please. I let you go. Where do you find your passion for performing? Wow. My God, that you are <laughs> kinda, so good. It's kind of heavy, I know. Give no, give this man a Peabody. Seriously, <laughs> man, you are good. Seriously, thank Manny. you. Thank uh, you. Man. Where do I find my passion? My God, um, I am a passionate person in general. I'm passionate mm. about a lot of projects. But let me put it to you this way: <laughs> mm. if you are not passionate about mm. what you are doing, mm. then get out of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of people 
some people are in the industry for the wrong reasons. Some mm. people might be in it to take advantage of people, which is horrible yeah. and immoral. Yeah. But I love what I do so much. Mm. And whether it's voiceovers, I treat every job as if it's my last. Wow. That is the attitude I have. And I never take a job for granted. If I, if I have a job, I'm going to study so hard. I want to be the best I can be. Because yeah. there's so much competition out there. Mm. Even when, if I can go back in time, when you and I booked that <laughs> gig as audience members, we yeah. were more interactive audience members. It wasn't your typical audience <laughs> where you're just going, yay. You know, like that. Right. You're going, yeah, come on. We were into like, that. This is awesome. And me and Phil yeah. actually met at a women's wrestling show. So that's, that's what right. he's talking about. Exactly. And that was a lot of fun. And uh, one of our last uh, independent freelance gigs of the year in that state, right. ironically, before that terrible AB5 law, I didn't mean to mm. revert to that for a moment. But, uh, <laughs> just thought I'd remind our audience in case. Right. But uh, getting back to being passionate. So I think that's really important. You want to bring your A game to the table. Mm. Whatever problems you're having, leave it at home. Absolutely. Leave your baggage at home. You show up on set don't, you know, have attitude, you know, just be happier there. Network, mm. you know, if you, if you yeah. make one good contact, like I did with you and boy, am I glad I did. <laughs> Absolutely. We were, we were seated next to each other and you know, fate. yeah, we have a lot of downtime. You're talking and I know we were going to try to work out everything, but I was not available at the time on the West coast, <laughs> I was on the East coast. And I said, well, maybe we could do this remotely. And it, yeah. you know, it just wasn't logistically possible at the time. Then came COVID and uh, the rest is history. There it is. So we're making it work. And so that's what I say. Love, if you're going to do something in life, make sure you love it. That's the first mm. thing because it's going to be a labor of love to you. Yeah. You're going to love it so much that you look forward to every day. I never say, oh, I got to wake up at 4 a.m. Now, in my case, I'm on East Coast time. Like I have yeah. a kid coming up with, with two West Coast clients mm -hmm. and I got one that's a 7.30 a.m. call. I got to be on <laughs> earlier, but that's Pacific time. So yeah. I don't got to be on until 10.30. Hey, you're Hour. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I've shaved. I've already ironed my shirt or steamed my shirt with my American-made uh, Jiffy steamer. Great product, by the way. Absolutely. I know I'm not getting paid for it, but it's a really <laughs> good product. And I can shave, I can shower, shampoo, put a little, you know, hair product in my hair, <laughs> test out everything and, and, you know, you're good to go. So um, I look forward to every job that I get, especially, especially now during COVID. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a media hit, an interview right here, like on the Indestructible podcast with Danny Cano. Yes. I said that right, didn't I? Thank yes, God. Yes, sir. I yes, sir. So, it, you know, <laughs> you never take anything for granted. You got to be happy. I mean, I've been lucky. I've been interviewed so many times mm. uh, via media and especially um, for a whole slew of topics. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it was running with the Olympic torch or about hand modeling. <laughs> what's it like? What's it like being a hand model? I've actually been interviewed um, by the uh, New Yorker, uh, nice. for New Yorker magazine, for being a hand model. So that's kind <laughs> of uh, that was very interesting, and that was done over the phone. But mm. in this case, you know, we're actually talking two different yeah. time zones, mm -hmm. and uh, thank God we still have daylight for you know another couple of couple hours. hours or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're we're definitely good to go and everything. But um, just love what you do in life. That mm. is really the best thing, and have a good work ethic. Yeah. You know, if you have a good work ethic and you're passionate, that's mm. half the battle. 
And Absolutely. so th this downtime, and this is what it teaches us. Yeah. You have downtime. If you took pictures, headshots, <laughs> upload them. Get yeah. them uploaded to whatever sites you need to. If you don't have a hobby, get a hobby. Yeah. You know, read a book, write a script, do yeah, something, exactly. be productive, yeah. be creative. Uh, I, I mean, there's, I don't let a single day go to waste. Mm. I reach out to all my West Coast clients. I reach out to my East Coast clients. It doesn't matter whether in Canada or Florida mm. or Georgia or Texas, anywhere. Well, Texas technically is not East Coast, <laughs> yeah, Central Coast. Right. But I'll, I'll reach out to them. I'll say, guys, if you're doing any teleconferencing mm. or if you're doing any webinars, I do presentations. Mm. I could be available for you. Absolutely. Have Razor, we'll travel. I'm good. <laughs> I will be clean cut. Uh, if you need me to dye my hair, I'll put on a mask. I'll wear gloves. Yeah. I'll walk on over to my local Winn-Dixie or Publix. And I it's walking that. distance. I, I will just, you know, pick up hair dye. I'll dye my hair. If you like a little salt <laughs> and pepper to age me up, yeah. that's fine too. So, um, you know, it, it, that's what I tell people. You really have to have a game plan. I mean, I could tell you what. Mm. When the world started shutting down in, um, I guess you could say in early March, even in February to a degree, yeah, I had, I had things in place. Mm. And, and I know I said, this is going to be very, very rough. Nobody's ever gone through this. Yeah, it's but if, insane. You, if you have an essential and you're working an essential job and you don't have anything that's a backup, you're in trouble. Yeah. And a lot of people are. I mean, if you're working in a factory and you're making things with your hands, <laughs> it, it's hard. Unless you can print things out with a 3D printer, mm. that, that helps. But um, that's another reason why I, I've always had the attitude, shop mm. local. You know, mm. And I'm going to say this, and I feel like Chris Matthews now. And let me yeah, stop yeah. you right there. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to say this, Danny. You see, and, and again, I've had to imitate him yeah. you know, for podcasting. The one thing I hope that does come out of this uh, horrible disaster for the world is the essence of shopping locally, mm. teaching everybody why it is so important to shop for domestic products, to buy things made in your host country. You know, I grew up in Canada and the one mm. thing I'll never forget, this is like mother's milk. This was taught <laughs> to me early on. We used to go on field trips. Mm. When was the last time you heard of schools going on field trips to factories, seeing how things wow. were made, meeting the people making things? I'll give you an example. Hmm. I remember going to the CCM factory. Now, CCM hmm. used to make ice skates in yeah. Canada. They used to make hockey jerseys, elbow pads, nice. knee pads, you name it. They made it. Helmets. And I know I have a CCM made in Canada helmet <laughs> and my hockey jerseys made in Canada. So, you know, I have a lot of products made both in Canada and the U.S. A lot, most of what I own is U.S. made. Mm. Uh, you know, I could try to show a label. I don't know if you guys <laughs> are going to pick up on the label. It might be a little fuzzy or yeah, not. Yeah, a little it's fuzzy. A, it's a U.S. made shirt. You yeah. Know, and, and my shorts are U.S. made too. So we would meet the people making mm. our clothes. Our, our jerseys or everyone knew somebody that worked in a factory mm. on our street growing up mm. in Montreal. And it, it's rare nowadays. It's yeah. almost like it's frowned upon. Now here's the, the turnaround. Think mm. about this for a moment. Yeah. Before this started, did you ever say to your grocer, thank you for serving our country or <laughs> a doctor or a nurse who are wow. on the front lines. Now, when I meet, um, personnel who serve, uh, uh, you know, mm. our armed forces, men, women, 
of all four branches, well, more than four branches, you got to include mm. the Coast Guard too. Absolutely. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Now, one of my greatest accomplishments also, by the way, uh, is being Sammy Rabbit, mm. was teaching financial literacy to children. Now, the mm. author does the speaking. Mm. As Sammy Rabbit, I don't talk, but I <laughs> act out what he says. Mm. So I've gotten to travel to Japan. I've traveled across the United States. Nice. I've even been coined as Sammy Rabbit. Now, to explain to your audience what coined means, mm. I've had the pleasure of receiving three military coins at three mm. military bases that I've been to. Wow. Now, the first time ever being Sammy Rabbit being coined, so I was actually in costume. Mm. And of course, I got down on one knee. I was doing the I'm not worthy yeah. kind of thing, which was cute. <laughs> and so they actually gave me a coin. And it, it was such a beautiful moment mm. having that. And I know I and I love coins. I'm just yeah. an avid fan. But to have military coins of different places I've visited and events I've worked and getting to meet, you know, so many of our wonderful men and women in, in uniform Absolutely. has been incredible. And, uh, you know, so I always thank people serving mm. our country, protecting us, keeping us safe regardless. Now it's going to be a little bit different. Now when you Absolutely. see people who are working at, well, I think in California, it's Ralph's and in yeah. Florida here, Publix, Winn-Dixie, mm -hmm. you know, obviously Whole Foods and, and different places. You know, you thank them. And it's like, thank you guys for being open. Yeah. Thank you for having these prod. Thank you. Please be safe, be healthy. So everything has changed now. And especially mm -hmm helping a small business. Like I'd say yeah. to yourself, and I'll say this to your audience, mm -hmm. if you need a t-shirt, you need a pair of shorts. I could tell you this, the American made clothes fit you perfectly. I've never once yeah. had a problem with American clothes were uh, either too big or too small. They, they yeah. 99 out of hundred times will fit you. Right. And let, and let me tell you something. And, and I'm going to say this too. When you make that business, you, when you make that purchase, you're going to not only help a small business keep their payroll, but you're going to help them expand. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's so important. It really needs to be emphasized. And the one thing we can all learn from this, and even Canada and where I'm yeah. from, is learning from this. Mm. You cannot rely on other people to make your masks, your gowns, yeah. your emergency supplies, your ventilators, your medication. And a lot of that got outsourced with NAFTA back in the 90s, mm. back in 93, mm. sadly. And it, it really, and this is a major wake-up call. Mm. Because there are always going to be emergencies. There are always going to have problems. There are always going to be diseases. Sadly, a lot of them do come out of China. I wish they did yeah. not. Mm. But when this happens, you've got to be ready. You cannot rely on China and say, hey, China, can you make us a bunch of masks? Yeah. You know, let's make them here. We have, thank God, enough of a manufacturing base in the last few years that have come back, you know, to our shores. And mm. we have companies, and I'll get, I'm going to throw out names for you. Yeah. Mel Gambert. Mm. There's, uh, I followed them on, on uh, LinkedIn, mm. and I know I have a Mel Gambert dress shirt made proudly in the proudly made in the USA. <laughs> Mel Gambert had to convert, and they made a lot of their stuff right here. Um, there's mm. uh, LA um, LA Apparel, I believe, is another mm -hmm. one. There, there's just a lot of different companies that are now um, all American, all USA clothing. There are just so many yeah. different companies that make their products here in the U.S. that said, hmm. you know what? You need masks, Mr. President. Hmm. You tell me how much yeah. we're going to serve our country. We're going to give back. We're already able to make clothes. I know there's a company that makes wallets in San Diego. Hmm. Unfortunately, I can't think of the name of them offhand, but they are now making masks in Absolutely. San Diego. Paul Mitchell, by the way, which makes their um, mm -hmm. products right here in the U.S. as well. 
Mm. And I know I have some Paul Mitchell uh, hair, hair shampoo <laughs> and everything, which probably going to need some hair dye soon. So, <laughs> but they converted, they're now making hand sanitizer. Mm. Amazing that they're making hand sanitizer, same wow. place that made shampoo, they converted. So you know what? I got to give so many credit and a special shout out to all the great, wonderful companies, small businesses that are mm. making a difference in our lives, keeping our country safe, and at the same time, keeping jobs right here in the US. And I'm, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, if, if I ever do a survey, mm. uh, like market research, and they say, here's a $100 gift card, <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I buy from a small business. Absolutely. And, and not just fast food. I'm, I'm talking buying a product that I can use. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter whether, and again, as a mascot, uh, I have to wear certain items underneath my costume. I have to wear compression wear mm. that will dry off quickly mm. when I have less than a 30 minute break. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, things like that. And I, and I always think of, um, you know, there's a company called Jimmy Caps, and I think mm. they're in um, uh, West LA or mm. Beverly Hills. And mm. I know I have a Jimmy Cap, a cap. It's called a nice. Jimmy Cap, made in the USA. I wear it; it absorbs sweat mm. when you're wearing it on your head. I have a balaclava I mm. wear that also is another brand um, that I wear. If it depending on the type of costume and how tight the uh, helmet is mm. or the fitting <laughs> of the head on the interior, so. I think it's stuff like that. And I know I'm going mm. on a tangent, but no, I just okay. wanted to bring light to this important yeah. issue. And I tell people, if you need something, just Google it, look it up, use any search engine and you could find something. And that's how we are going to get out of this. That You know, we got out of the Great Depression yeah. by making things in this country. We clawed our way out of it. People got out of the Great Recession of 2007 through 2009 by becoming independent contractors, by using Absolutely. apps, small businesses, put people to work and are, we're able to work as independent contractors. People started businesses in their basements, their garages, and mm. you know, all of a sudden started to expand. So you know, it's so important. We should make small business Saturday every single day in this country. Mm. And I'm not running for office, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I am not interested in, in running for office. I have good ideas. You sure? Because you got my vote. You're very kind. Thank you, Danny. Exactly. <laughs> this message approved by the Indestructible Podcast. So, yep. <laughs> but uh, no, I just, I tell people this, it doesn't matter whether you're libertarian, conservative, liberal, red state, mm. blue state, purple state. You Absolutely. know, we really need to come together as a nation and, um, you know, just start buying products that are made in our host country. And Absolutely. You know what? It make, it's a great conversation starter. It yeah. doesn't matter if I work with Japanese clients or Korean <laughs> clients or Chinese clients. Mm. I got news for you. Everything I wear is practically made in the U.S. And, and when I <laughs> buy them chocolate, like C's chocolate, mm -hmm. which is made in the U.S., they have a C's factory in L.A., mm -hmm. I make sure I get them that chocolate. Why? Because they love it. And not <laughs> only are they having American chocolate and I'm keeping a business afloat, but mm -hmm. they're getting it directly from the factory. Absolutely. I absolutely. think of things, I think of very practical items. When I'm in Canada, in Vancouver, I'll try to buy something local made in Canada mm. that I can okay. buy for my clients, you know? So it, there are a lot of things like that. And um, I'd like to see more electronics made in the U.S., whether it be mm. headsets, even like, you know, like different reading glasses, perhaps. Yeah. I actually did find a pair of reading glasses that were U.S. made that fold that I did buy not long ago. So I'm very happy <laughs> about that. Don't have them on, on hand, but I should be getting them shortly. Um, but 
little things like that. I think we can all make a difference in people's lives mm-hmm. and uh, see what we can do to help. But if I know people are short on masks, I, I try to send them links to websites where masks wow. are being made and they're being made here, of course, in the U.S. more importantly. Um, so, and, and there are a lot of videos you can do too. There are a lot of videos you can watch where you could see how masks are made. You can make your own using a simple bandana yeah. and a couple of little yep. rubber gummies that are for your <laughs> hair. And, you know, if you needed to create one, uh, you know, I mean, mm. just food for thought, you know, for Absolutely. anyone to be creative. So. Wow. Well, so, I truly thank you for your words of encouragement, Phil. You're, oh. You're truly an amazing person, oh, thank not you just so your performance-wise, but just your passion, the way you speak on small business. The, mm-hmm. I can truly say you are the most American-Canadian I've ever met. <laughs> I get that a lot. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a dual citizen. I have a Canadian and U.S. passports, so I can work in both countries. And, yeah. you know, you got to be marketable. That is the key. And, I, and I've booked Canadian, you know, jobs for Canadians in the U.S. where they wanted uh, an actual <laughs> authentic Canadian. Yeah. But, you know, America is my home. I love the United States. It is the greatest country on planet Earth. Make no wow. bones about that. That is the truth. We yeah. are so blessed and privileged to live in the United States. And anything I can do to help as a former, you know, as a Canadian expatriate living <laughs> in the U.S., I will do that. I will, you know, and I've made a concerted effort to buy American for Mm. many decades, going back to the Ross Perot era in the early 90s. And even if you own a Toyota Camry, for example, (laughs) the Toyota Camry might be a Japanese entity, but the Camry is made and assembled in the U.S. You have an an engine, a transmission Mm. that's U.S. 70% U.S. parts is the highest percentage point for a sedan, as one example (laughs) of many. You know, so I mean, but there's so many ways you can look. And I always tell people just look up made in USA, whatever, (laughs) made in USA t shirts. You could find whatever you need. But uh, this site right here is a great, great website, madeinusaforever.com. Todd Lipscomb is just an amazing person, really is. Absolutely, Phil. You are truly indestructible, my man. Is there any links or anything that you want my listeners to know about? Yeah, you could uh, check me out. Check out my fan page, and, and I'll give you my uh, my blogging yeah, IG absolutely. account. Uh, we'll start with that one. So it's at Meet the McMurrays. My <laughs> accent's a little bit more Canadian when I'm talking on that one, a little <laughs> bit on the higher register, as one could imagine. But it's at Meet the McMurrays, M-E-E-T-T-H-E-M-C-M-U-R-R-A-Y-S. <laughs> my other one, my acting one is at philip h 68 that's p-h-i-l-i-p-h-6-8 uh let's see my fan page on facebook facebook.com forward slash philip hirsch fan page p-h-i-l-i-p-h-e-r-s-h fan page and IMDB to see, yeah. it doesn't have all my credits, but it's got a lot. I've got 166 mm. and counting. Whoa. <laughs> um, IMDB.me forward slash Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P-H-E-R-S-H. Wow. And uh, that's it in a nutshell. I'm also on LinkedIn. I don't know, have an exact link for that, but you could find me on there just yeah. in case there's a prospective client out there that's interested mm. in doing teleconferencing or webinars or voiceover work or print work. So uh, also on LinkedIn, just type in Philip Hirsch, H-E-R-S-H. Absolutely, Phil. Well, I thank you so much for your time, Phil. You are truly indestructible. And never forget that you are all indestructible. And I'll see you guys next time.